Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Last we left off, you were going on a nice little tour of Plaguestone with the 80-year-old mayor. He was showing you around, showing you the sights. You got to see things like, oh, the dead homes, the drunk shepherd's path, the old shrine where you are now, where it appears to be a little shrine that used to have religious purposes, but over the years has kind of fallen into disuse and uh, overrun with wilderness. As Celeste was poking around in the shrine, suddenly blood seekers, a.k.a. sturges, emerged from their slumber as you seem to have poked a hornet's nest and combat has begun. Cade is up first and you see yourself surrounded by four blood seekers. Oh, hooray. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. We have to protect this old guy. He didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for it either. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, he's in a wheelchair, and Prue's oh, been pushing right. him around. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, I'm going to move him a little to where he should. Yes, put him where he has to be. There we go. And suddenly he's like, ah, what's going on? He hears a zzzz, and you just see these nasty, nasty blood-seeking sturges buzzing around looking for you. Let's make sure we apply the parking brake before we <laughs> before we start fighting. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. All right. Uh, what I will do is whip out my staff sling action number one and flick a bullet at to my to Cade's right. There's four of them. Yeah. They're literally in a cross formation. There's one at this. That's three great. Six o'clock and nine o'clock. They've surrounded you. Oh boy. Alright, here we go. Here comes the sling. A two will not even come close. Man, that might be... Oh, that was close to critical failure. Not quite. Action number three. What you doing? Uh, I will draw a short sword and drop the sling. Blood Seeker, the one from the south. He moves up right in front of Cade. Seems like you're, you're a nice little morse. I'm a little juice box. Okay. Do you want the good news or the bad news? bad news. The bad news is that he hits you. The good news is it does no damage. The best news is that what he did is that he attached to you and he put his little proboscis into you and now he's attached to you. Oh, this is no good. He is going to start sucking your blood. Brixley, help me, Brixley! So for its third action, he starts sucking your blood. It does two points of damage to you. And as he sucks your blood, 
It looks like he is getting bigger, larger, stronger. Oh, that's oh, no. right. Oh, he's no. gaining hit points as he's getting your blood. There's one right next to Pro. It's going to attack Pro. Oh, that ain't good. Oh, no. Good news is a critical hit doesn't do anything except it just like really latches onto you. It like gets everything, all of its barbs are grabbing you. It puts a little beak into you and it starts to feast. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, look at the purple dice of death. Eight points of damage. Ooh, that's not good. Uh, Thank Celeste's, you. Celeste Thank is you up. Yeah, yeah, just checking. Celeste is up. Uh, she points to the one that is to the east. Uh, she says, there's another one over there. And as she's pointing, an arc of fire uh, springs from her finger over toward the bloodsucker. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Okay. Also, by the way, you actually have drained one attached to you. What that does is it messes up your con checks, your fort saves. It gives you less maximum hit points. I wouldn't really worry about it. It's it's okay. Oh, that's cool. A flame flies out of Celeste's hands and bursts in front of one of the Bloodseekers, nearly killing it. Nearly. Uh, for her final action, so that's two actions to cast uh, her spell that she didn't even know she had. And then her third one, she's going to look at her hands in amazement and then suddenly hold them up uh, toward that Bloodseeker uh, to create a shield as her final action. S stop! Okay. Tarjan, who's looking around, is like, ah, 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 help me, help me! And he starts uh, pushing the wheel card over. Oh, no. And then as he is trying to escape, the wheel cart, like, hits a rock, and it falls. He's prone and completely helpless on the ground as his wheel cart, like, takes a spill. True. Uh, these little bugs are getting on my nerves. This Bloodseeker is attached to you. You can try to escape, use athletics and try to like rip it off or you can just attack it <laughs> it's flat-footed i mean you can literally just try to smash it while it's attached to you and kill it here's what i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna use one action to get ghostly angry to put up my spiritual rage i'm gonna use another action to pull out my dire flail and i'm gonna use my last action to attack which is just gonna be me wrapping the flail chain around it and squeezing it to death Okay, give me an attack. See if you manage to squeeze it to death. You squeeze it to death. Good job. However, by squeezing it to death, it explodes, and now you are profusely bleeding. You take one point of damage from bleeding. To stop the bleeding, it is a flat DC 15 check, so just roll. Roll a d20, and let's see if you make it. Okay, and this should start going to my temporary hit points for the time being. Ooh. I double-clicked it. The first one didn't make it, first though. One. Yeah, yeah, the first one didn't make it. So it's a flat DC 15, but next round, if you want, you can actually do an active like check to like heal yourself or 
you know, you're basically bleeding. And time will eventually stop on its own if you don't, you know, do a check. Or you could try to do something like heal yourself or bandage yourself or something that you would imagine that would help. The blood seeker that was damaged. Trying to decide. The easy target or the woman who burned her. Flies over to the lovely lady. Decides to attack you. And crits you. 25. Good news you is... You put those purple dice away. Uh, that, the good news is it, <laughs> it, it actually doesn't hurt you. Oh, this round. Now it does. Uh, oh, four points of damage. Can I, can I interrupt for a second, Steve? Yes. Um, does this count as a grab or grapple? It is a grab. Then I can use as a reaction, since she's within 15 feet of me, I can use my champion liberating step to give her a free chance to escape the grapple. What? What? That's cheating. That's what you get. That's <laughs> cheating. Okay. An enemy, an enemy damages, grabs, or grapples your ally, and both of you are within both are within 15 feet of you. Okay. You can give me... That's a, a free attempt to break free of Yes. Athletics check to try to... You can also use base attack. And I technically use that for... Yeah, I, for, I forgot about it until... And then it popped into my head. Now, and, and I was reading about it. But then... But hey, I figured it out. You forgot about it for Cade and Prue. I'm sorry. I... Oh, don't be sorry. They just know that you hate them. And Also, I can only less. do... I assume I only have one reaction per round. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So I only would have helped one of them anyways. And you were saving it for me? How sweet. So it's either athletics or your base attack, whichever you want. Oh, base attack, I can use dex, so that is far better. Okay. Oh. You try to escape. A 12 is not enough to escape the clutches of the Bloodseeker. So once again, it does do its four points damage. You know, it's funny. They only seem to do max damage. And now Brixley is up. Well, much as Celeste is kind of by herself with two of them coming down at her, Prue is also free to help her, so I'm going to try to help Cade. Also, just in terms of having enough actions to do something. So action one, I draw my rapier, and action two, I will attack the Bloodseeker that is attached to Cade. Okay. It is flat-footed, so it should be pretty easy for you to uh, hit it. You hit it. Four points of damage. Still alive, though. You know why? All that extra tasty blood is keeping it going. In that case, I will go ahead and attack one more time. This time with feeling. But also this time with minus five. <laughs> and this time, Cade is moving around too much. And you miss. Luckily, I do not stab him. <laughs> oh, no. Blood seeker number two. Well, okay. Is there any chance that a three was a critical failure? <laughs> Oh, it could have been. No, no, well, maybe. Might have been a critical failure. Oh, no, but that was the raw roll. The raw roll was yeah. three. It was actually nine. So Three, nine, minus five. It's all right. Uh, the next one pops over, flies over to Celeste. Hits. Ooh, oh, Celeste no. now has two attached to her. Oh, it only did two points of damage. Sorry. Okay, so here's where we're at. Cade has a wounded bloodseeker attached to you, sucking blood. Uh, Celeste has two bloodseekers attached to her. Prue killed the one attached to her, but she's bleeding out. 
Tarjan is on the ground like a turtle on its back. And Brixley's just fooling around, like trying to make other people do things. Cade, you're up. All right. I'm going to stab this one that's attached itself to my thigh. Yum, 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 yum. yum. Flat-footed so it gets sneaky sneaks. That's right. Although rolling a three, even flat-footed, is not enough. So first attack. I'll do it again. Okay. Only at minus four this time. That is correct. Super agile. Yeah! Cool. This time you stab it right in the heart. It explodes, and you are also now bleeding. Can I take an action, action, like you said, to stop myself from bleeding? Uh, What are you going to do? Like make a medicine check? Uh, Bandage? I think it's two actions, unfortunately. Oh, it is? Uh, Then forget it. Uh, I can't throw a short sword, and I don't think I have... I can't just have to have a quick draw to take a knife and throw it, right? Yeah, you don't have anything like that, so... If you step in position this turn, it's an action you don't have to use next turn. It's true. What's the penalty to throw a short sword that can't be thrown? And plus, it'll be my third attack, so it would be, I have to like roll 20 to do anything. Right, I'll just move up. I, I, it, would be, it would be really bad. It would be really, really hard. Yeah, real hard. Uh, so I'm going to go there. Trying to I'm going to try to flank it with Celeste. Okay, you take one point of damage as you are bleeding out, and give me. Do I make a flat check? Flat DC fifteen to see if you naturally stop bleeding. Just a D twenty plus nothing. Twenty, yeah, just it. The flat is basically in the old day to be like, oh, if you roll like, you know, one to twenty. So that's all it is. A one is not enough. It's the new percentile flat check. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you could replace them with a flat check, and whatever the number is you're supposed to get, that's the percentage chance that a thing happens. Yeah. Okay, the two that are dead are dead and just bloodstains. There's only two left, and they're both attached to Celeste, and it's your turn. Celeste, what are you going to do? Celeste reaches down, and she has, like, her uh, index finger and thumb in, you know, ready to pinch it. And she reaches down to pinch it, and another gout of flame, and she's like, get off, get off, get off, get off, get off. And another gout of flame springs forth towards it, and this is the same one I had blasted before. Which, by the way, healed itself with your tasty blood, so. Yeah, I noticed that. Oh, you explode it. You two are now bleeding, however. There's still one attached to you. Uh, yeah, well, it's coming along for the ride. With my last action, I'm going to move uh, down in front of uh, Prue and Brixley. Get it off, get it off, get it off! Why don't you turn your body so that it's flanking with me? Oh, well, it's flat-footed regardless, so it wouldn't do anything. It's, there's no point in flanking. Yeah, flanking doesn't do anything. You take one point of bleed damage. Flat check to see if you can stop this the flow. A four does not stop the flow. Tarjan is on the ground, and he's like, What y'all doing back there? Somebody pick me up. Somebody help me. Stop your belly aching. Hurry on up. Prue's up. You're bleeding. Yeah, I'm going to take my my two-handed flail, and I'm going to swat that insect on Celeste. Just swat it. I'm going to say critical miss hits her so let's see what happens shall we oh no we shall we shall you're lucky it's flat-footed because you just barely hit it with a 13 but you smush it with 10 points of damage and it dies like a tick 
Not all of us are using purple dice. True. They're all dead. You're still bleeding. You have two actions left. What are you gonna do? Uh, I'll I'll try to staunch the bleeding. I'll like I'll hold my hand like real close against the puncture wound to get it to stop bleeding. So I think my flat check is reduced to ten this time. That is correct. Yep, that's correct. You still take the damage. I I think you don't take the damage because if you do the action, you get the immediate check. And oh if right. It fails, right. then the one damage happens. Right. I think you're right. You're right. You're right. So I will give you back. So you make your check and you staunch the bleeding, so you are no longer bleeding. Brixley, you're up. You are completely free of bugs and mosquitoes and blood. But Celeste right next to you is still bleeding as is Kate. And there's a guy on the ground like asking for help. What are you gonna do? Well, with my first action. Uh, I'm going to perform a lay on hands on Celeste, and that'll immediately give her Ooh. six hit points back. I don't know if it stops the bleeding or not, but it definitely should. She's looking a little pale, so she could use some help. You actually heal her for six, and it stops the bleeding. Oh, thank you. And it cool. stops the drained. It stops the drained one too. And then I will use action number two to go over to uh, Targan. Targan. Yep. And help him get, like, kind of do what I can, however much I can do with one action to start getting him back into his chair. Oh, like, give me a strength check. Let's see what happens. This should be funny. Oops, sorry. I mean to roll it twice, but 15. 15. 15's pretty good. I'd say you manage to, like, get the chair up and you start propping him back up into it. And he's, like, fighting you the whole time. By the Why way. is he fighting me? But good man, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Kate, you're up. You're bleeding still. I do the stop the bleeding check, right? Yep. Roll a, a better flat check? Yeah, it's just a DC 10 now. There it is. All right. You're, you've stopped the staunch. Combat is over. The bugs are dead. Long live the bugs. Brixley manages to finally get Tarjan up, and you look around. What are you going to do? Is this a common occurrence here? These flying blood bugs? What? What you talking about? You, you mean the mosquitoes? Oh, the don't don't mind them. They're they're just a they just you know a little hungry. Uh, uh, they you just swat them away. They're, it's nothing to worry about. You guys are fine. You're fine. Stop complaining. I had to swat it away with my knife. Are they usually this large? You were so scared. You tipped your chair over. Oh, I was just confused. I wasn't scared. I, I, I just saw that you were uh, were swinging around swords and large weapons. I didn't want to accidentally get hit by one of you young yipper snappers. Uh, who knows what you would have done? So says, uh, well, they sure do bite hard. And she uh, puts her hand to where she was bleeding and gets like a handful of blood. Uh, and she sort of raises it straight up to the sky. Uh, channeling some magical energy through her angelic blood uh, and uh, cast a heal spell to heal everyone within 30 feet. Oh, and Prue is no longer raging as well. That's right. Two measly points of healing. We're rolling real low tonight on everything. Well, you're rolling real low. It's the lack of purple dice, I think. Celeste appears to be fully healed. Prue and Cade still got a little bit more to go. Brixley I took is... no damage! <laughs> Brixley is fit as a football. I say we should let him go! <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the old shrine 
other than it, you know, covered in moss and uh, sturges, appears to be quite ancient, overrun by wilderness. And you think you figured out, I can't remember if we did this, it's been a little while, that it was dedicated to... Gozra, yeah. Yeah, Gozra. Is that something, like, if we clear the moss off, is... I mean, it's like, this isn't corrupted or anything weird like that, is it? Does anybody know about, you know, gods? Um, I was going to take a look before this all happened. I've, well, I've studied the divine quite extensively, actually. Oh, then you're up. Go check out that. Go check it out. I'll also look around for non-religious things that maybe are um, made of money. Oh my goodness. I, I kind of feel like we want to learn something more about this. I'm actually going to use my hero point to re-roll that abominable religion check. Whoa, hero point time. The first one ever used. Dun, dun, dun. Go right ahead. That that was a bad roll. Three. There we go. Yeah. 16 for 19. Let me look this up while you figure out what you're doing around here. Give me a sec. I'm trained. I'm just not that wise. I didn't even notice that religion in this edition is wisdom. That's pretty neat. I think it's nice, because if you're a cleric and you use wisdom as your key ability score, you're going to have religion, and it makes you really, really good at it, so the wizard doesn't just automatically beat you, because intelligence. It makes sense that the the religious person is the one who's good at religion, except in your case, you sorcerers. Well. Cade uses his perceptions and finds nothing of value other than vines and twigs. Perhaps if you were a druid, you would find some use in these, but you are not. You, Celeste, thought you forgot all your knowledge about this god, but then you remembered something due to a hero point. I mean, due to inspiration. You, um, you don't know anything really more about this god, but now you're remembering the stories from earlier saying that the town hasn't had a proper church since Father Bulgris died of the plague nearly 20 years ago, and it seemed like this was his shrine. Father Bulgris uh, worshipped Gorzra, and this was the last of the religion in the town. Once he died and the plague took like half the town, all religion just sort of up and died, and no one has really been following any faith in the town, like, <laughs> religiously, if you will. <laughs> Um, okay, this is interesting to Celeste, but since she's not very religious herself, like she studied it, but she doesn't, she doesn't really believe in the gods. Uh, she just sort of delivers this information academically. Uh, and she says, oh, seems like sort of a useless rock now, I suppose. Just like the gods, useless. Uh, Celeste nods. Well, clearly not all of them. <laughs> yes, yes, I suppose the alcoholic god does deliver drinks. Where would we be without him? See, that's a very that's a very useful god. <laughs> that's a tangible effect of a god. The drinks. Prue's gonna get ready to push the wheelchair. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, it just appears to be an old shrine. There's nothing of value here. The bloodsuckers didn't have any treasure of any sort. You can really you see like a little bit of their nest, but it's not like they uh, they're not like the ravens and they have trinkets or anything. So you uh, your treasure is your life. And your experience. All right, now where are we going? Okay, Tarjan will continue the tour. He's like, ah, you, you, you done worshiping that rock over there? Uh, you done playing with the bloodsuckers? You wanna, you wanna keep going? You want, want me to show you the rest? You want I me can to dump sure. you back over, old man. <laughs> yeah. 
Good. Let's see the rest of this deadly town. It isn't my home you're talking about. I, I mean, yes, it's it's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says as she casts Prestidigitation to start cleaning the blood off of each of them. So here you are, Entrance Folly, way to the east, into this little shrubbery area. That's where the uh, shrine is. You continue down the drunk shepherd's path to the south. You know, he's showing you the various turnip fields to the left, turnip fields to the right, turnip fields to the southeast, turnip fields to the southwest, turnip fields to the southeast east, turnip fields to the northwest. You kind of get that they like turnips here. As you pass, turnip field looks like an L, but kind of more like a T. You eventually get to a small hill. And uh, Prue has to put her back into it to push him up the hill, as one of the wheels is uh, a little wobbly. <clears throat> up here, he goes on to explain in the south of the town that, oh, this, this is Entrance Hill. This is, uh, this is the first home built in the area. And uh, uh, Entrance spent his fortune founding the town only to die in a fire that consumed him and his family because the house was too far away from the well in the river. <laughs> That's how Entrance Folly got its name, you get it? <laughs> Seems like a nice spot, though. Yeah, Couldn't hilarious. one build a house out of stone? Well, yes, uh, he could have, but he, he did it. Now he's dead. That's quite a tragic story. Aren't you the comedian? No, I'm the mayor. Pay attention! You half-orcs. Trying not to spend an action for rage. (laughs) Come on, come on. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Continue down the path to the east. You go through the turnip fields. There's a few more houses. Now you're going through the southern part of town. Unlike the northern part of town, which is all dead, burnt-out houses, the southern part of town is quite nice. Uh, very lively. This is where everyone lives and is actually still part of, you know, the town. As you approach back to the feed mill, Delma sees you coming and uh, waves you in and is smiling brightly as she seems to be very happy that you uh, gave uh, Targan a nice little, uh, a little holiday, if you will. He was a pleasant company. Mm-hmm. That's a way to put it. That old coot. Do I need to roll deception? No, no. She's like, like, gives you like a raised eyebrow. As, uh, as you're pushing up, you actually see that Tarjan fell asleep for the last 30 seconds. And then suddenly he wakes up and he's like, what well, took so long? Uh, uh, I'm late for lunch. Uh, these, these, these young people, they, they barely know how to push a cart. They, they, they were too busy playing with bugs back there. Uh, why'd you make me go with them? What are you doing? Trying to kill me? Uh, what a little ray of sunshine he is. Yep, quite delightful. Yeah, well, where's my lunch? Delma thanks you profusely. She's like, oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, I'm in your debt. I'm in your debt for, for helping me out. Uh, he, he really needed that. I know I know he might not seem like a nice man, but uh, let me tell you, uh, he's not. And with that, you get 30 experience points for going around the town and learning all about the sights and sounds. Hooray! So, what are you going to do? It's lunchtime. Guess we'll have lunch. And you have that murder mystery to solve, don't forget. Yeah, but we can solve that after we get to the bottom of a bowl of turnips. Let's have a nice turnip lunch. I'm going to have a nice turnip parmesan. Here's the problem. The place is closed, if you remember. 
because the cook is not going to come back until, well, she thinks that it's her food that killed him. So you're going to have to eat Cookie's food, if you remember. Oh, yeah. We had to deal with Cookie because we couldn't trust the food anywhere else. That's correct. So you don't want me to try and retrieve her? We should talk to her at least. Tell, tell her, you know, at least to uh, eliminate her as a suspect if she um, should be eliminated. Yes. Yes, that is a good idea. I, I think maybe if we help solve this little mystery instead of waiting for the authorities, perhaps we can mm, get on the road a bit faster. That's for sure. Well, then, off with it. Where can we find this cook's house? What was her name again? She looks at you and she's like... Oh, Amora, she she lives over in the uh, the old orchard. That's that's on the west side of town, right over the river. Yeah, you can find her. It's 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 a five minute walk, no problem. Can we at least stop and get some lunch first? Mm, only if there's some mint along the way that we can give to Cookie to you know chew because of his you know breath. We get some to go bowls. On the other hand, if we get the cook to come back to work, then maybe she can cook a meal for us. Well, the last meal that she served killed Bort, so I'm thinking maybe we go with Cookie's food. Maybe, but none of the rest of us died, only Bort. So I don't think it was the food, necessarily. Although she could have had something to do with it. She certainly had access. Whoever poisoned Bort is going to know that we're on their trail. We're the next target. That's maybe true. Hmm. But there was enough commotion during that bar fight. I, I almost think that anyone could have slipped some poison into his porridge if that's what they were after. Tell you what, if you're so confident, why don't we have you taste all the food for us before we eat it? No? Uh... That's what I thought. So, one other nice thing about completing this quest, not only did you get 30 experience points, you all get another hero point. Ding, ding, ding. Woo! So everyone has two, except Celeste, who has one. So what is the plan, people? Let's go grab a hoagie from Cookie and walk over to the to the cook yeah some jerky okay so you guys can walk over to cookie and if you remember he was uh gonna be hunting game and trying to you know put enough provisions as you approach him he's sort of gruff and just sort of like mm. it's like i hope you figure out what happened soon because we're gonna be running out of food pretty soon uh picking around here is not so great unless you uh, want some rotten turnips we're doing our best so he gives you uh it appears to be some small game and other morsels, but not enough really to fill you up. It's enough to sort of hold you over for now, but it looks like he's having some trouble hunting in this area. Hmm. So you got your rations, and you can head over to the old orchard. Yeah, let's go talk to Amara now that we've got a little snack. Okay. You head over. To the old orchard. The old orchard is a little outside of town, and you can tell that it was once a very productive apple orchard. Now, these days, it is foul and rotten. The trees haven't taken on a sickness. Her hut is behind the rotten orchard. That is where the orchard is. All right. Celeste will walk up and knock on the door, and just before she does, she stops and says, Um... Brixley, did, did you want to do the honors? Now, before that, the uh, the orchard, there's a trail that goes through the orchard, and on the other side is her house. What are you going to do? We're going to get ready for combat. I would like to sneaky sneak up to the house and around the house, around the, maybe to the back, just, just to scout it, just in case if something 
in case she didn't poison them, but who knows what the machinations are going on around here. I'm going to I'm gonna scout ahead and get to the house and duck around back and search around. What are the rest of you doing? I don't feel like you need to have weapons out yet. I mean, but... Says you. Yeah, I'm just going to walk with the crew. Well, I mean, no, but so, actually, you, you going around the back does make a certain amount of sense, just in case there's something nefarious going on. Yes, I check for, I do a nefarious check. Nefariousness. <laughs> Celeste strides forward proudly, not worried about th- such things. Okay, Cade is doing an amazing job sneaking. He is easily going around the orchard. He's easily hiding in plain sight. He is just, he's got this. This is perhaps the best he's ever been at doing this. Meanwhile, Brixley and Celeste are proudly just going up middle of the uh you know of the road and then you start hearing buzzing sounds large buzzing sounds bees if you will like the blood drinker sturges is it similar to the sound of the bloods blood seekers or whatever roll for combat oh no oh no 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 this time, it's a large swarm of bees that has been spooked as Brixley walked by one of the rotten orchard trees. Cade, who's pretty far away and almost at the house, suddenly hears the commotion and goes first. So you can either go to the house and ask for help, or you can go back and see what you can do about this swarm of bees. I have... A staff sling that has an 80-foot range. And a tree in front of you. I can certainly move to see it. I will go. Hold on. Is that a little better? Maybe I clipped the edge of that tree, but we'll see. Yeah, you can you can, you can, can try to hit them with your sling. Now, remember, this is a swarm. It's not one bee. It's hundreds of bees. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I. It, it's either knives or this. I think a knife could kill a bee. Oh, I can, I'll take a B in one-on-one combat. You watch me. Mm, I am. In I, fact, we're about to. I've, Go right ahead. I've, I've been in the, the gladiator pit with a B once. He didn't, he didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Go, Cade. So here's the amazing news. You oh, hit no. with a 24, but it doesn't do any damage. It just, like, goes right through the swarm like it was not even there. <sighs> I mean, okay. Um... Uh, I will uh, see that and take out a torch. Celeste sees the swarm. It's about 30 feet to the north of her. It's buzzing around, getting ready to do its swarm attack. All right. She uh, She's nervous, but she's sort of uh, excited a little. She starts to rub her fingers together, looking down at them expectantly, and sees little bits of, of smoke starting to come off of them. Uh, and then she smiles gleefully for a moment and throws a, a small bit of fire at him with Produce Flame. It's two actions. Okay, well, you hit, the, you hit it for five points of damage, and sure enough, the bees go up in flames. They did not like that. The, the swarm appears to be about a quarter dead, but it's still going strong. You have one more action. Uh, surprised by her own, surprised and gleeful at her own success, uh, she sort of yips in a cheer, realizes the swarm is, uh, is still there, uh, and the, the cheer turns into an eep, and she moves back behind Prue, uh, hiding behind her, peeking out from around Prue's back. 
The swarm goes. The swarm moves on top of Brixley. Yay! (laughs) Wait, no, not yay. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Does Brixley like bees? We got the same first letter in our name. I don't know. They help make mead when they're not stabbing you with their butts. They move onto your space as the first action. The second action, swarming stings. Dip, 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 dip. They start to sting you, sting you, sting you. Give me a reflex save to see if you... Oh, reflex, 18. Good job. You, instead of taking four damage, only take two damage as you're able to get some of them off of you. As its third action... It swarms you again! Yay! That hardly saves fair. Why? It's a swarm. Ooh, the nine. That's not nearly as good. No. Ooh, but I only roll a one. I also have some good news. The swarm, in its effort to try to kill you, takes two points of damage as it's leaving its stingers behind inside of you, and the bees are dying. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, yeah, you feel beasting poison going through you. Give me a fortitude save. Fifteen. Missed it by that much. Oh, come on. You got two hero points, don't remember. Remember. That's true, you do have two hero points. You take three points of poison damage, and you are now clumsy as the poison is pumping through your vein. That's a minus one to your dex, minus one to your AC, minus one to your save, and minus one to all your skill check. Brixley, you're up. Yeah, I'm going to move out of the swarm. And I realize it's a swarm and it's not really affected by the environment, but I'm going to try to move between the trees to see if it maybe breaks it up a little bit to try to get to try to get at me. Brixley drunkenly goes to the west as he's like covered in bee stings and clumsy from the bee poison. Actually. Uh, since I would not have perfect knowledge of what swarms do and don't do, I'm going to be a dope and first try to hit it with my hammer, like take out my hammer and try to hit it with my hammer. All right. One action, take it out. Two actions to second action to, to hit the swarm. You miss. All right. And now I'm going <laughs> to kind of do my original plan just to kind of back off between the trees. You know what? I think you should have put on the fly swatter attachment. You would have done better. Prue is up. Prue, do you like bees? We're about to find out. So Prue just watched two physical attacks do absolutely nothing to the swarm, uh, and the fire attack do quite a bit. So I've got an idea here. Prue's going to start channeling ghosts into her fists. So I'm going to use one action to put up a rage. Then I'm going to move next to the swarm. And then I'm just going to use... I'm just going to punch ghosts into these bees. (laughs) Yeah! Are you, are you punching bees? Yes. With ghosts. With ghosts. With ghosts. So I swing and attack with my fist, and it's like, as these ghosts go in and eat bees. Sorry, I missed a chance to add a with ghosts. <laughs> All right, I see that it's a four. I really want this with ghost thing to happen, so I'll redo it with the hero point. Oh, the hero points are being spent with ghosts. With ghosts. With ghosts. Yes, with ghosts. With ghosts. Yeah, ghost punch. The ghost ah. punch actually did some damage. You actually hit, and you did even more than that. Hold on. Three three yeah. of it is negative energy. So. Oh, really? Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what the have... spirit barbarian does. Right, right. 
So three would be negative, three bludgeoning. So how much is it? So eight? So three, so five is bludgeoning and- Five bludgeoning, three negative. Three ghost damage. Got it. Uh, The bees don't like the ghosts. The bees are afraid of them ghosts. Nice. You you did six points of damage. Maybe you have a future as an exterminator. Who knows? Cade, you're up. Okay, I'm going to move. Uh, then I'm going to light the torch I have in my hand. Is that another action? Yes. No one left. Everything's an action. And I'm going to try and throw it into the swarm. Okay. Let's see how this happens. What do you need me to... Just use one of your ranged. I'll do the rest. Use okay. Like your dagger. It actually wasn't a bad throw. A 16, but it's a little wide and just misses the swarm. And now it's like... Well, there's, the a, there's, a, there's a lit torch over there. Yeah, there's a lit torch so, to the north of uh, the swarm. It, it was close, actually. It was close. The swarm is actually pretty agile. Celeste, you're impressed by the punching of the ghosts. Yes. Hmm... Alright, um, she, she's impressed by the punching of the ghost. She's still amazed that she can, like, produce fire from her hands. Uh, so this time she holds both of her fists out, uh, pointed directly at the thing, uh, at the swarm. And she's like, uh, uh, fire fists go? Uh, and another gout of flame springs forth. I need you to kill these bees, because this is about to suck real bad for me. You, 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 you were so excited about trying out your ghost-busting flame fist that you hadouken and totally miss. Spend that other hero point. <laughs> Got one more hero point. You know what? It's use it or lose it. So sure, yeah, let's let's try this again. Whoa, let's try that again. Zero hero points. No risk, no reward. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Look at that. You hit 25 and max damage. Totally worth it. You know what it was? You did it the first time and you missed and then you sneezed and then another one came out and uh, that one killed it. <laughs> awesome. The bees drop dead and they all go on fire. Little burning embers of bees. What are you going to do? I go get my torch. Okay. I get my torch. I, pu- I put it out and I uh, put it away and then... Back to plan A. What the hell is wrong with this town? Uh, oh, bees is better than blood-sucking monster bugs. I'd rather not have everything try to kill us here. That would be nice. With that, as you're getting your things together, you see a large woman coming out of the house. Oh. And she is head-to-toe in a suit of padded armor. It looks like... She has seen this before, and she also has smoke sticks in her hands. And she seems to be waving them around to get rid of the bees. She looks at you all and waves for you to come in. You can hear under the muffle of her mask, she's like, Come in, come in, there might be some more. Get out of here before they attack again. (laughs) All right, I guess we will. I see no reason not to. Brixley drunkenly walks over to uh, to Amora because he's got poison running through his veins. He's still clumsy. Somebody can hold their liquor, but they can't hold their poison. She invites you in and she looks you over and says, 
Sorry about that. You know, them bees, they, they just sort of take up residence in these rotten trees. Uh, not many people come visit me, so they, and the ones that do, they know to go around the orchard if they want to come visit me. I'm, so, I'm sorry that that happened. If I knew you were coming, I would have, uh, I would have met you and uh, uh, used my smoke sticks to get rid of them. I'm sorry. It's okay. Turns out we were able to, uh, to take care of them ourselves. She does pull out from the cabinet something and says, well, there is one good thing. And she pulls out a large jar of honey and biscuits. She's like, I do get some amazing honey from the beehives after, uh, after I run them away. So here you go. Have as much as you want. These are like huge, delicious biscuits with like super rich honey. Oh, I will eat some. Oh, wait. Celeste needs to try them first to make sure they're not poisoned. Uh, Celeste cannot turn down such a wonderful offer. She hasn't had such good food in a long time. I am including all that turnip stuff. So sure enough, the food is delicious. Cade dives in against his better judgment. He, he, he always reverts back to his halfling nature of loving deliciousness, but he hates that he shows it sometimes. Like his this adventure stuff. actually makes me want to go have a steak that's like dressed with turnips. Yeah same. She's happier enjoying the food, and she has other drinks and wine and other delicious items, and uh, Cade's eyes water as he sees the food. With that, she looks at you and says, so, uh, so how may I help you fellers? We're investigating the murder. What can you tell us? She just shakes her head. She's like, oh, Bort, Bort was such a good man. I, I feel terrible. I'm terrible, I tell you. I, mean, I had nothing to do with it. Nothing! I love that man like a son. He... He was always good to me. He brought us lots of trade. He was the only one who comes here on a regular basis and brings fine folk like yourselves. It seems like you've known him for a long time then. Oh, well, he's been coming through the town for years now. Everyone knows that. You must have known that. It's part of his regular routine. Well, Do you have sure, any enemies? But... Do you know anyone who might have wanted to wish him harm? Hmm. She thinks for a second. She's like, I don't know. I mean... He did do a lot of trade in town. I mean, I personally didn't really need anything from him. I was able to you know, secure all the turnips and that I need and everything else like honey and wheat. I'm able to just gather in the fields. So I didn't need him. But yes, she, perhaps I mean, he, he did do a lot of business in town. Maybe, maybe he had a bad deal or something. Sounds like someone wants the town to suffer. Hmm, I never thought of that. I mean, this town's already been through so much. It's uh has the fire and the plague, and, and we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, uh, what more could you want to this poor, poor town? Who all had access to that bowl of porridge? Sure, you might not have poisoned it, but someone did. Well, let me think. She thinks for a second. She's like, well, I, I prepared the dessert, of course. Uh, Finnick plated it, and Trin served it. I don't believe anyone else was in the, the kitchen, even though uh, I went out more than once to empty the slop bucket. I I really I really want to make sure that you get to the bottom of this because I can't have this ruin my image. This is all I have in my life is, is cooking the fine food for these folks. And if I don't have that, I don't know what I'll do. Is there any chance someone could have snuck in that you didn't see? As I said, it could be. I did go out and back and forth emptying out the slop bucket. But uh, if, as far as I know, it's just myself, Pinnock, and uh, Trin, and that's it. Well, where can we find Pinnock and Trin? Hmm. Let me let me think for a second. Oh, do you have the bowl, by the way? We I, I think I we don't. did. We we wrapped it in in. We, it dried out, but we still have the bowl. We wrapped it in. Um, I think we wrapped it in like you know cloth. 
just a habit. Yeah, you wrapped it in something. I think you wrapped it in like a moist cloth to keep it yeah. kind of wet. Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, Finnick, you said serve the food and Trin plated it, is that right? No, Finnick plated it and Trin served it. Finnick is the, the goblin helper and uh, uh, Trin is the female uh, server. You've seen her around. She's always daydreaming and uh, thinking of escaping this place. Ah, yes, thank you. Trin you can find in town. Uh, Finnick, he... He's often uh, just helping out me in the kitchen, and uh, he usually is uh, hes usually uh, sleeping in the barn or something like that. You know what? I'm not exactly sure where he lives. I, I believe he just sleeps in the barn most nights. She also pulls out the bowl and looks at it and smells it a little. And she looks at you and she's like, did, did, you, did you smell this? It smells a little off, don't you think? Uh... I don't know. We checked it out last time. I didn't smell anything weird. We don't exactly smell a lot of turnips, you see. Maybe a perception check. Just smell it again, if you wish. Okay. Uh, Brixley takes a big whiff of the bowl. Smells nothing out of the ordinary. Cade is too ravaged by honey and biscuits to notice anything out of the ordinary. Covered in biscuit honey in my mouth. Celeste is also just in bliss from the food. Prue, on the other hand, Prue, you notice something. You notice a faintest impression of a floral odor. A very specific odor that you probably realize that really has nothing to do with porridge. The floral odor is sweet, almost too sweet. Yeah, I do get that. It's, uh, flowery? It's too sweet. What is that? You don't know. Amora looks at you and says, Well, I, I didn't use anything like that in preparing the dish. That, that, and she sort of takes a whiff of it. She's like, Yeah, I, I can smell this sort of flowery uh, odor. It's, hmm, this, this, this definitely is not part of my normal ingredients. This was definitely tampered with. Who knows about toxins? We need to figure out which toxin smells flowery. Everyone looks at Cade. I didn't want to call you out, but yeah, I was thinking, Cade. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was always the baker who knew about poison, or is that a different game? What about a medicine check? You can make a medicine check. You can do medicine. I'll try medicine. I don't I have underworld underworld lore. That would work, too. That would work, too. Prue, the smart half-orc. Who knew? <laughs> 21 medicine. That's pretty good. Let's see. Let's let everyone else check, too. My underworld lore is plus four. My medicine is plus five. I'll, I'll roll medicine. <laughs> nope. Yep. An eight don't do it. I'm not a poisoner type of guy. Prue uses her medicine check, and she can smell that faintest flora odor. She knows that you probably might want to go check out the body, because there would probably be a similar odor as the poison would linger and perhaps also maybe check the kitchen again or try to find out what delivered the mechanism because that would also have the smell okay i'm gonna try real hard to just dedicate this scent to memory so that when we go sniffing around again i can maybe identify it true you have the bowl and you have it and you can bring it with you so you don't have well that's true you can dedicate it to memory or you can just whip up the bowl and use that we'll do both in case something happens you bloodhound, you. Okay. She thinks to herself, and she says, I definitely don't have anything in the kitchen that would uh, create that sort of a, a unique scent. Um, 
I, I would, I would hope that you can find what this, uh, this is. It definitely is, it's something, uh, hmm, I know nothing about poisons or anything of that sort, and I don't know anyone who would. Uh, this town sort of, uh, frowns upon anything in the, the field of, uh, toxicology. Yes, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, ever since plague hit, we, uh, have shunned all, uh, toxicology and medicines and uh, other uh, ointments and elements like that. Do you think you could let us into the kitchen so we could look around? Oh, as I said, uh, uh, the, the owner, she'll, uh, Delma, she'll, she'll let you in. Aren't you staying there? Great. Yeah, we're staying there. Don't sound so thrilled. There's nowhere else to stay in town. You could always stay in the stables if you wish. Little attitude now, huh? I wasn't expecting that from someone who's, whose food killed a man. No, no, let's all just calm down. We all want the same thing. We want to discover who this uh, poisoner is, who this murderer is, and if we work together, I think we can accomplish that. Speaking of poison, is there a particular treatment for being stung by bees? Uh, it, it's worked itself out of your system, so you're oh, no okay. longer clumsy. You still have the damage. You're just not clumsy. Well, really quick, I, I didn't explicitly say that I was going to refocus, but I can refocus with a 10-minute rest. So that's correct. Can I have done that while we were taking the rest sure. of our walk with the old guy? So, all right, in that case, I'll do a lay hands on myself and get my damage back to full. You can also do like 10 minutes worth of biscuits and honey. I mean, that makes sense, right? There you go. Refocus and biscuits and honey. I think, I think the, the biscuits actually take a few minutes off the, the thing. If you've got 10 minutes per lay on hands, yo, eat some more biscuits and heal me up. All right, I could do that. Yeah. We'll just keep refocusing and healing. I was going to do it, but I was waiting so we didn't have company. Well, you know, Brixley's kind of, Brixley's willing to be obvious about this sort of stuff. <laughs> I just use ghosts. I think you're fine. Hmm. Anyhow, you continue to eat. She doesn't seem to have any more information other than she's going on about how she's worried about her image and seems very worried about what people think of her. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Celeste is going to use this time to try and convince her that by going back to work and allowing the feed house to reopen, that sh that would show that she's confident in her ability and not doubtful and not, you know, looking as guilty. That by hiding out here and not going back uh, worsens her, you know, the perception of her if that's what she's concerned about. So that would essentially be a diplomacy check, I think. Sure. 16. She thinks about it and she says... I'll tell you what, honey. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back, and I'll have dinner tonight. I'll I'll make some dinner, but uh, uh, it would really make a mean a lot to me if you if you ate the food and showed everyone that it's safe to eat. How about that? Yeah. How about that, Celeste? <laughs> if you bring some more of these biscuits and honey, I'll have no choice. Oh, don't worry. I'll bring the whole jar of honey. You can slobber it over all the turnips you want. All the all the t t turnips, right? In fact. I'm going to make you my special turnip turnover surprise. I'm going to make it just for you, honey. Honey for my honey. You get it? <laughs> oh, that sure is sweet. Celeste looks over to, uh, to Prue like, what have I gotten myself into? Exactly what you deserve. Do you all have any more questions for Amara? Or can we get out of here? Nah, sounds like we probably ought to go follow up on some of this other stuff.
You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that chaotic greedy is not a real alignment. <laughs>